Well, I want to speak this morning on the thought, nevertheless. Say that with me, nevertheless. The background is whenever the prophet Elisha and the prophet Elijah were walking together, they were ministering together. Elisha was the under servant of Elijah. He was the young prophet coming on. Elijah had been promised that the Lord would come get him and take him on. And you know how the chariot of fire came and and raptured him out. But he asked Elisha, he said, Elisha, is there anything I can do for you before, for you before I'm taken away? I'm taken out of here. And Elisha didn't waste any time saying what he wanted. He said, yes, I would like to have a double portion of the Spirit of God that rested upon you. And when you read the scriptures and you find the stories of the prophet of Elijah, the Lord used him to do mighty, miraculous miracles. I have found seven miracles that are attributed to Elijah during his walking on the face of the earth. And so Elijah looks at Elisha and says to him, and I paraphrase, boy, you've asked a hard thing. You've asked a hard thing. I want you to know this morning, church, that I think it's going to be in order for 2021 for the church to ask of the Lord some hard things because there's nothing too difficult for the Lord. He said, you have asked a hard thing. And then in the same breath, he said, nevertheless, if you keep your eyes upon the prize, if you keep your eyes looking towards the heavens because we know that the Lord's coming to take me out, if you keep your eyes upon me whenever I am raptured out of here, amen, you shall have a double portion of the Spirit of God that rests upon me. And then he started to do a little evangelistic work and and begin to go from one town, Bethel and Jericho and and Jordan. And and he said, you stay here. And he said, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go with you. Because he had his mind and his heart set that wherever Elijah went, he wanted to be right there with him and to keep his eye on the promise. And so when the prophet said, you've asked a hard thing, he didn't hesitate. But he said, nevertheless, nevertheless. Say the word with me again, nevertheless. I'm going to define it in just a moment. I'm going to define it. Let me read the scriptures if I might this morning. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I am taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took upon also the mantle of Elijah that it, as it fell from heaven. And he went back and he stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah and that fell from, from him. And he smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also had smitten the waters, they parted hither 
and Elisha went over. Isn't that a powerful word of the Lord? Let's pray. What a mighty God, Lord, you are. What a majestic Savior you are. It is no wonder that the angels bow before you and that all heaven and earth bow in adoration and exaltation unto you. This morning, Lord, we join with the multitude, millions upon millions, who give to you all the honor and glory because of who you are. So, Lord, count on us this Lord's day to recognize that you and you alone are worthy of all our praise. You have all power. You have all knowing. You are all present. You are without beginning and without ending. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the Emmanuel, God with us. And so, Lord, we ask that you bless us this day, this hour. This your mighty word, and I your servant, and we your people. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. I believe with all my heart that it is well within the reason of Christians to be able to ask for more of God. I'm praying that in 2021 that I will have more of an encounter with the Lord and that I will be drawn closer to the Lord, that God will speak through His servant and and minister unto you, and bless you, and encourage you. Because I will tell you this, if I need encouragement, I know you need encouragement as well. And sometimes you don't even know how much of an encouragement you are to me. I called Sister Bass uh, on Friday, and I told her, I said, Sister Bass, I am so sorry for the loss of Marvin. She said, I know. She said, we buried him yesterday. And I said, I just found out about it. And we talked and, and shared, and, and uh, he, he died of bone cancer, the same cancer my father died with, and I knew all about the, the calcium leaking out of the bones and the tremendous pain and things of that nature. But as we were sharing and talking, she said at the end, she said, Pastor, we love you and Sister Susan and Northside. She said, may I offer a prayer for you? Here I call to encourage her. I call to lift her up. I call to let her know that Northside has not forgotten them and, and that we love them and, and that we want to stand with them. And in the end, she wanted to pray for me. And I tell you, she prayed the most precious prayer. She prayed that God would bless Northside, that God would use Northside, that God would bless us with health and favor in addition to with people. And she prayed for my health, and she prayed for Sister Susan's health, and for our family and for your family. And when it was all said and done, I was weeping. I tried not to, to weep over the phone, but I was weeping. And at the end, I said, Sister Bash, you will have no understanding about how you have blessed me. I may say, Pastor, I need that kind of blessing every now and then. Well, I guarantee you that you are a blessing. And I think that it's all right for us to ask God, Lord, give us a little bit more of you. Lord, just give us a little more of you. Give us a little bit more understanding of your word. Give us a prophetic understanding of what is going to happen in the end time according to your divine word. Bring people along at the right moment, at the right time, to have a word of the Romans and the Christians. Amen. But the mediator Jesus. Send to us a song. I tell you what, I have been blessed, amen, as I turn on the radio and I listen to a good gospel song, amen, and I think about it and I'm blessed, amen. I even write down notes from songs about messages. And then you have to listen to them. <laughs> Lord, may we see more of you in 2021. 
Lord, may we feel you more and more in 21. Lord, may your light shine in the dark world, in the dark place. Lord, let me be a shining example to my neighbors, amen, and to my family and to my co-workers. Come on, church. If not us, who? If not us, when? We are the light of the world and the salt of the world. Oh, we are the ones that the Lord is depending on in 2021 to be that one that rises up and shines like the stars forever and ever. And you say, Pastor, I don't know how to do that. Well, you know what? I don't either. But I do know this, that if I get more of Jesus and there's more of Jesus on the inside than there is of Alvin on the inside, Jesus is going to come out some way. People are going to be touched and ministered to. Lord, will you transform people? Will you renew people? Will you refresh people? Lord, let people not be to a place of wanting to throw the towel in. But Lord, they'll step back and take a good deep breath in. Amen. And say, Lord, it's a brand new day. It's a brand new month. It's a brand new year. And if there's anything in my heart that is not pleasing unto you, Lord, remove it so I can shine. Amen. Lord, may we know when it's you that is working in our lives as we ask for miracles. That we will step back and we'll say that was far above my pay grade. That was far above my ability. Lord, I'm asking for great things, but it's not in my power to do it. It's not in my intellect to be able to figure it out. So we need to, when we ask God, we need to recognize, Lord, it is you that is doing this, not us. And I will tell you this, that in 2020, God came through and showed himself that it was him and not us on many occasions. But on many occasions, God used us to further the kingdom of God. Would you just say thank you, Lord, for that? Come on, that's all right. Amen. I think it's a good place, amen, to give God some praise. Amen. Well, church, I like this. Elijah, if you notice, he didn't uh, falter. He didn't waver. He didn't come with the attitude, you know what, I, I, I am the senior prophet here and you know what, I don't know that if I like this, you asking for double what I was given. Let me tell you this, church. You know you're on the road, amen, to glory whenever you are as happy for somebody that's being blessed, when you're as happy for a church that's, uh, that's just exploding. And, and, and you know what, you've got an investment in a lot of churches all over the United States. Young men and women, amen, that came through here, amen, and had to put up with Pastor Alvin, amen, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and we had to put up with them. And now they're all over the United States, amen. Powerful men and women of God doing great things for the kingdom of God. No, Elijah didn't do that. He, he, didn't, he, he was very quick, amen. He didn't falter. He didn't waver. He didn't say no. He was very quick to say, nevertheless. The following word, you've asked a hard thing, nevertheless. And so I looked at this word, nevertheless. Nevertheless means this. Despite this. Despite. The difficulties, despite the present set of circumstances that you are facing, despite all that you are going through, even right now, all the things I went through in 2020, I'm glad they're back behind me. I'm glad they're gone, amen. I, they cannot come back, amen. They, they might try to raise their ugly old head, but they, they're gone, amen. I'm excited about what's going to happen today and tomorrow and the next day, amen. Come on, preach with me this morning, church. 
Don't, make it, don't get me too excited, but I do know this. I am preaching to somebody. Despite the barrel full of troubles, despite the discouraging words and words and words and actions of different ones, despite the negativity, despite the fear which is false evidence that appears real, despite what you and your family seem to be going through today, despite the troubles and the trials and the temptations, despite coming up a little short at the end of the month, despite this, despite that, despite whatever it might be, know this, that we serve a God who is a can-do God. Come on, give Him praise this morning. He is a can-do God, and He's an on-time God. Amen. And you know what? If you're wondering this morning, where is the God of Elijah? Amen. Know this. When you come to your uh, impassable, whatever it might be, you take what God has given unto you, and you declare in the name of Almighty God, the God of my grandmother, the God of my grandfather, the God of the people that I worship with. Amen. And see if God will not come through for you. God is a can-do God. Just keep your eyes on the upward look because that's where our help comes from. Keep your eyes focused upon the can-do-ness of God, not, oh, Lord, is this not going to work? Keep attached to the vine. Keep connected to the source. Keep plugged into the fire of God. Stay under the mantle of the Holy Spirit and He shall bring it to pass. Amen. Somebody say Amen. There's one central truth of the message this morning, that is that our God is alive, He's able, He's abundant, and praise God, He is available for us, and if you ask, seek, and knock, He will open the door. God is a God of hard times, but also He's a God of the hard things we ask for. Now, I'm not talking about, Lord, it sure would be nice. If you would just park a brand new Cadillac in my driveway. Trust me. Cadillacs are a dime of dozen. But you can't buy one for a dime. When we went up to, when we went up to pay our taxes, a man, I told the young lady collected the money. I said, I'm here to pay the landlord. Oh, praise God. God is alive this morning. He's, I know he's alive because I talked to him this morning. How about you? Have you talked to him today? He's very much alive. I feel him in this place. Amen. And Lord, it's almost exciting to say, okay, Lord, are you going to get something in my shoes besides my feet this morning? I used to could run the whole length. Now I can go halfway. And I sure am glad, Brother Ed, you and the deacons and Sister Karen and the rest of you, Amen. I sure am glad that you've modernized the offering because I'd have got 69 cents if you did it the other way. <laughs> God is alive and he's well, amen. And he's seated at the right hand of God, the place of authority this morning. He still has everything under control. He has my life under control. He has your life under control. And you say, well, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You know what? You just answered your question. You're going through it. You're going through it, amen. And you believe and say, God, I don't like what I'm going through. I'll sure be glad whenever I get on the other side, amen. When I get through, amen, because then I'll look back and say, thank you, Lord, for bringing me through. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here this morning? Am I, am I touching anybody this morning with this message, amen? 
you know, you will never, you'll never experience the joy of victory until you have to go through the agony of defeat. When you go through the agony of, and I love that selection, Sister Delaney, to start off with, you know what, you know, just, just park your shame outside the door. It's not welcome here anymore. I got excited about that, amen. You know what? Because the devil, that's one of the tools he uses. He just browbeats us with, with our past, and he, he browbeats us with, uh, you know, you're not as good as so-and-so. And well, you know what? At the foot of the cross is all that matters. Everything is level at the foot of the cross. My sin is no greater than your sin, and your sin is no greater than my sin when it comes to the fact of making heaven. Oh, there's degrees of sin for sure. There's, there's atrocities of sin. Anything involves a child that, that's sinful is, in my book, way off the charts. Bad, bad. But so is murder. Even though God gave cities a refuge. If you killed somebody called manslaughter in our vernacular today, if you could just get to that city of refuge, you were safe. In other words, the Lord is saying, if you can just get to me, amen, I am your safe shelter, amen. I love to run to base. You ever played hide and seek or you ever played tag and they, they, you know, you set up a base somewhere like a big old tree and amen, you know, and if you can just get to that tree, you say, can't touch me, I'm at base. Was that an old, old game we used to play? Don't they play that anymore? You guys are looking at me with a strange look on your face today, you know? And I got also, I know this too, that the Lord not only is alive, but He's alive and well. He hasn't relinquished any of His power. Nevertheless, Christian, hold on to that which you are claiming and asking God to do in your life. That's not that God will not give you a Cadillac. If you want a Cadillac bad enough, save your money, buy it, get a down payment. You can get it for about 2 point something percent or 0% for 60 months and you'll pay $700 a month or something like that. You know, And if, if you can do that, then enjoy your Cadillac. I don't have anything against Cadillac. But don't expect God to give you $5,000 a week for life and then somebody else gets 5000 that you choose. Don't expect God to give you $400 million on the Missouri lottery or the United, all the lottery around there, amen. He doesn't operate that way. He operates by faith in Him to say, Lord, you're going to give me what I need and you're going to give me what I desire as long as it lines up with you, Lord, as long as it lines up with your word. And one of the things that lines up with his word, is, Lord, let many people come to know you in 2021 because of my influence, because of your influence. And I'll tell you this, uh, that whenever the Lord is in the house uh, and your home and in your life, uh, you are destined to be blessed uh, with the favor of God. Blessings may not always be in the form of money. But God will take good care of you. How many can say, Pastor, when I, as long as I've been serving the Lord, God has proven that He is a God who takes care of me. I heard the pastor say one time, he said, when I came to Bible college, he said, everybody was praying that God, you'll give them a miracle and you'll just provide for them and provide for them and provide for them and this and that and the other. And he said, but what the Lord did for me was he gave me a job. <laughs> oh, isn't God good? 
Elisha was believing big. And because he was believing big, he received an incredible answer to his request. Before Elisha died, he had 13 recorded miracles. 13 recorded miracles. You, uh, the, the skeptic would say, well, he missed it by one. He needed 14. You know exactly where I'm going with this, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But after Elisha died, and they buried him, and they were going, a, a, a band of bad ones was coming along, and they had to get rid of a body real quick. And so they dropped the body down into the tomb of Elisha. And when his body hit those washed-out bones, and they were, they were whitewashed, and, and they were fragile, and, and he had been in there for a while, when that old boy hit them bones, he came back to life. Now, you don't have to believe that if you don't want to. But it's in the Bible for a reason. That was the 14th miracle. That was the 14th miracle which made it double portioned. Well, that got me excited. Our theme for 2021 is more than just words. It is our prayer that you will have the faith to ask God for big things and to have the wisdom to know whenever it's in order and when it's not in order. And that you'll receive wonderful, wonderful miracles, wonderful provision, wonderful protection in 2021. I believe the Lord is just waiting for His people to ask for marvelous things. And then whenever we receive, every moment we receive, listen, this church, the folks listening on, on the airwaves, we need to hear from you in what God has done for you. We need to hear the, the testimonies of how, even if it's so, you say, well, pastor, I don't want to share it because, because it's just so you know minor and there's nothing really to it and and it was just real personal, whatever. But you know what? What you might think is not important might be the very thing that somebody else needs to hear. We need to be on the upside of saying to people, listen, listen, you know what? I love my Lord. I love Him. And you know what? If He never does another thing for me all my life, I'm still going to praise Him. I'm going to love Him. But let me tell you, God brought me through something, and I'm going to praise Him in the deliverance, praise God. I'm going to praise Him while I'm going through it, but I'm going to praise Him whenever I come through it. And they say, well, you know what? If, he, if he'll do that for so-and-so, he might do that for me. Nevertheless, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said it, and shall he not do it? Or hath he not spoken, and shall he not make it good? If we just ask the Lord to speak it and see if he'll make it good, I believe it glorifies Him. You say, all miracles should glorify the Lord. So we will know that He is a can-do God. That He will give favor to us. That He'll close the lion's mouth. He'll provide manna in the desert place. He'll provide water, clean flowing water if necessary, out of a rock. He will send revival fires 
to fall on not just Northside. And oh, how we would love to see the heavens open and have an old-fashioned revival where you walk in here and you feel God's presence so powerful. I will tell you that there, I've been in those services. I've been in eight-week revivals where you couldn't wait to get back to church because you didn't know what was going to happen, but you knew something good was going to happen. Amen. People would walk in off the street and get saved. That's revival. Dead coming back to life. I will tell you this. It will not come through a slogan about making America what America should be. It's not going to be about who wins the election, who's in power, the corporations. That is not going to bring revival, amen, to America. What's going to bring revival to America? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I, as you call upon, then I will hear and respond. I'm going to say something to you this morning. 2021 and 2022 may be the year that the church steps up and shines like the church has never shown before. Because I'll tell you something this morning that I believe from my heart, and that is love is not love until you express it in some kind of action. Jesus could say all day long that he loves the world, but he showed it by sending his only son to die on the cross. That is love in action. You could tell people all day long about what a great church you attend, but until you do something, amen, to express that whether you're uh, whether you're not afraid to pray for them or whether you want to give them some diapers whether you want to give them something of substance or just give them an invitation I call it fried chicken evangelism what you do is you invite your family or you invite your friends and you say come go to church with me and I will feed you fried chicken That's a new ministry that we're going to start in 2021. Fried chicken evangelism. Pastor's going to ask to come home with you every Sunday. One of the The preacher went to visit the farmer, amen, and, and they got through eating, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> the farmer wanted to take him out in his barnyard and let him see all the animals, and all of a sudden he began to hear that old rooster start cackling, and you know, I, my daughter's got a rooster, and I was out there the other day, and I said, I said, Riker, I said, I'm telling you what, if I lived out here, I'd have chicken this week. And the pastor looked at the farmer, and he heard that old rooster, and he said, boy, that old rooster's really a proud old rooster. And he said, he ought to be. He's got two kids in the ministry. <laughs> it's just me. I can't help it. It's not written down, I can tell you that. I'm believing also that our ladder will be greater than our beginning. Let me tell you what, the church is beginning to rebuild. And, you know, I told the board in our last meeting that in my spirit, I feel like that we're going to get all shut down again, America's going to get shut down. But you know what? If we get shut down, we're still going to praise Him. We're still going to preach the Word of God. God's still going to birth new ministries, amen. And it's exciting, amen, to see what God is willing to do and, and wants to do with a church who's willing to let him. I tell you what, God's doing great things in the churches in this city. So let me recap. Our God is alive because he lives, we live. And if you're not living, 
in the abundance of God's love and grace and mercy, you can get that. Just get on the right side. God is the God of the hard times and the hard things asked. And our God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You need to get this in your spirit. That God promises to reward those who will diligently seek Him. The the eight-week revival that we had here, for one solid year, we were coming to church on Saturday night, and we were praying, and, and we would play the music that we were going to play on Sunday morning because we didn't have, uh, always didn't have the, the, uh, the folks to do the worship on Sunday night because we were trying to build the youth. And, and our song uh, player, the piano player, would go down and work with Brother Collard and the youth. Uh, and we, we would just do what we could on Sunday night. Uh, and the Lord said, just play a, a tape. And so we would begin, so we would come together on Saturday night. And we did this for one solid year. And on that Sunday morning that we invited a former youth pastor that's now pastored in Texas. First church he took, he changed the name and made it Fantastic Assembly of God. They said, you can't do that, that's an adjective. He said, I just did. <laughs> and we had, that, we had that service that morning, and I'm telling you, the Spirit of God came. You might have been in that service. The Spirit of God came down in here, and for eight solid weeks, I preached Sunday morning. He preached Sunday night, the evangelist. He would preach on a Sunday morning. I'd preach on a Sunday night. We rotated, and we saw God do incredible and mighty things. I want to share a couple stories with you that I think will touch your heart today. I know that it has mine. The first is simply the mailman. A few years ago, the mailman that ran the route that serviced the church, came in one day a little early. He came before that they, he usually came. And he had big tears in his eyes. And he said, Pastor Blacker, do you have a moment that I could just share with you? And I said, sure. I invited him to come in the office. And we sat down and he handed me this wrinkled, old letter. And I thought, this is strange. He had a hard time conveying, getting his words out because he was so weepy. And, and I thought, oh my, what, what are we getting into right now? And he said, I want you to read the letter. And I, I said, okay. And I opened the letter and I read it. And it didn't really connect with me. And, and then he said, as a young boy, my grandmother took me to an Assembly God church. He said, my parents were not serving the Lord. They were not Christians. They didn't attend church, but they didn't object to my grandmother taking me to church. He said, when my father passed away, I was pretty young. I was in my teens. And he said, my biological mother remarried very shortly after he died, and she married a man that was very controlling. And he separated her from her family and moved her into the wilderness of Alaska without letting anybody know where they were going. And he said, Pastor, he said, for 40 years, for 40 years I did not know if my mother was alive. For 40 years I didn't know where she was at. For 40 years, he said, I always wondered whatever happened to my mother. He said, I was deprived of that, of that love and, and that nurturing 
until one day a letter was handed to me. He said, here's the story. He said, my mother called the Assembly of God Church where that she thought that my grandmother took me when I was just a child and said to the pastor in this letter, if you know a family by the name of such and such, if you know a family of the such and such, I would love to have correspondence with you and try to locate this family. And a lady sitting in the church, one of the senior saints in the church, she came to the pastor after the church service was over and she said, I know who this person is. He is the son of this lady and he is my mail carrier to our business and every day he drops our mail off. And the pastor said, would you mind to give him this letter and the next time he comes along, give him this letter. said when he got that letter, he put it in his pouch thinking that it was something to be mailed. And she said, oh, no, no, that's for you. He said he read it. And he said, Pastor, I want you to know something. I've been sitting in Dolan Park crying, loving the Lord. He said, I'm not Assembly of God, I'm Baptist right now. And I said, no, you're just a child of God. Labels are going to fall off on the way up or they're, they're going to fall off on the way up or they're going to burn off on the way down. And he said, well, I've got to tell you something. Because I've got a lot of seniority in the mail department. And he said, I was assigned this route because nobody wanted it. He said, it was long. The houses were old. Sidewalks were broken, the steps were missing, the handrails were unstable. Nobody shoveled snow during the snow times. He said it was one of the, one of the longest and, and hardest routes of all because a lot of the houses were, had huge setbacks and, and, and they were, had a lot of big steps and things like that. And he said to top that off, he said the dogs are the meanest in Springfield. He said, I did not want this route. He said, I tried to give it up and move to another route. He said, they wouldn't let me because it was so difficult. He said, then the day that I got the letter, then the day that I'm down at Doling Park, then the day that I'm sitting there and I'm soaking it all in, I know my mother is alive. I know that she's in Alaska. I know, amen, that she is looking after me. And they said to come to find out, later on he came back and he said, come to find out he would, he would burn every letter that she got from anybody that knew where she was at except her immediate family. They didn't know on his side. He burned them on his side of the family so that she couldn't get a hold of it to tell somebody where she was at. Now, isn't that sad? I told him, I said, man, you, you ought to be happy that you didn't have to sit under him. And then he said to me, he said, I want to thank you for opening the church to let me come in, have a drink of water, and go to the bathroom. I said, it's the least we can do. We let the police come and set up sting operations with the drug houses across the street, so why not let the bellman come in? Oh, a lot goes on over here. Just ask David and Lisa. That home invasion the other night, and David and Lisa's dog caught the guy. 
And I'm just praying that David didn't, I'm glad that David get his, didn't get his hands on him, but he got all of his paperwork, and amen, and they, they caught him. He lost his keys. He couldn't drive away, amen. I, I said, welcome to the neighborhood. Doesn't bother me in the least. The rougher the better. Do what? Do what? Do what? Slaved on dog food, yes. Well, the story is that the guy ran and then he jumped over the fence and he got over the fence until the dog got him by the leg. He was hollering, doggone, doggone, doggone. <laughs> Or are you not so happy that I'm almost, almost to wrap this up? He said, now, he said, I love this route. I love the people on the route. I wouldn't trade the route for any other. And in fact, the dogs are even getting friendlier, amen, and they begin to like me. And we rejoice together. Despite the difficulties. Despite the circumstances. Despite the opposition, despite everything that is thrown at you, God is a can-do God. Amen. Hold on, believer. Hold on, child of God, because He's a God who will come through just in time. I think I have, I believe I have enough time to tell you this last story. It's an up-to-date right now story from... The Blackard family. I call it the twins. Leslie Dean and Wesley Jeans. Those are my brothers. Leslie Dean is my oldest brother. And Wesley Jean is the second in line of the twins. Praise God, I'm getting an amen section back there. Wonderful. It's all right. That's all right. Amen. He's not going to let the rocks cry out for him. Back when my older brothers were very young, he's all right. <laughs> he's surely not telling you, Danielle, that he needs new diapers from the diaper pantry. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. no. He's saying, Pastor, it's almost 12 o'clock, and I want to... Moving right along. They were young toddlers, and, and back in those days, we had open flame uh, furnaces. You may know what I'm talking about. It, it was a, a freestanding little furnace, and they were coming all different sizes and shapes, and they had two metal bars that ran around the, the bottom of them to protect you. Uh, and then they had these uh, ceramic uh, blocks inside of them, and they would heat up, and the blocks would get uh, red hot, and they would give you uh, heat. And my oldest brother, Les, was watching his twin brother, Wes, looking at the fire. And he was looking at the fire, almost even with the fire. And my brother, Leslie Dean, thought it'd be such, so, so much fun just to push him in. They said that Wesley Jean, you could hear him scream for a city block. They prayed, they called the church, and they said, get the prayer chain going, amen. And they rushed the little lad to the, to the hospital, and the doctor began to put the salve on him and put the bandages on him and said, Mr. and Mrs. Blackard, 
You must be prepared for a long road of recovery. You'll bring him back in about four days and we'll take the, the bandages off and we will scrape the dead skin off and, and we'll put new ointment on. And, and there's a good possibility with the third degree burns on his hands and on his chest and on his face that we will have to do skin graft. They said he looked like a mummy. And they never gave up. They prayed. I believe it was one of the most encouraging miracles of our family to keep my mom and dad in the ministry. Because my dad could go out and, and do iron work and set steel and, and make more money than, uh, than they would, the church would pay all month long. But God was showing him he's an on-time God. They took the little lad back to the doctor, and the doctor said, are you prepared for this? I want to prepare you for this. And he began to unwrap the bandages off of his hands first, and his little hands were absolutely as clean as a baby's skin. There was no scar. There was nothing. He said, oh, wait till we pull the bandage off his chest. His chest was as perfect as a little baby's skin. His face had no scarring. It was like he had never even experienced any kind of fire. And you say, Pastor, I don't know about that. Well, I do. Because I've always been upset ever since that happened because he's got better skin than me. And I'm telling you, they went into ministry full force knowing that God is a can-do God. I don't have time this morning to tell you some of my experiences that, that kept me in the ministry, that moved me in that direction. In my little devotion book, I share how that the Vietnam War was raging and, and uh, they had the draft and my brothers didn't uh, fare well on the draft and, and uh, the day that they were to go to Kansas City for the induction, uh, my one brother was sitting in the back of the bus, my other brother was sitting in the front of the bus, but we had a grandmama down in uh, Southern California that knew how to touch God, amen, and she was praying and said, Lord, uh, don't send them boys to war. Uh, do whatever is necessary. Don't send them to war. And just before the bus pulled out, the government man came on the bus and he tapped, he went all the way to the back and he tapped my brother on the shoulder and said, son, you get off this bus. He moved to the front of the bus. He tapped him on the shoulder and he said, son, you get off the bus. And when they got off the bus, he's stand, they're standing out beside the bus and he says, he says to them, we will call you if we need you. Do you not call us? And my oldest, my young, younger of the two twins, Wes, said he didn't have to worry about that. Les could have handled it. I don't know if Wes could have. When I tell that story, I had an old saint come up to me and said, oh, a pastor said that's, that's not a real miracle because they, during that time they didn't want to have two twins to go to war and both of them come back dead. I said, you know what? I don't care what it, the reasoning was. I just know that the government man said, you get off the bus and you get off the bus. And I had a grandmama that was a praying hallelujah and praise God, they didn't go to war. And then we got a call this week, last week. From our sister-in-law, Joan. And she says to us, Alvin and Susan, would you pray for Les? We thought he was having a heart attack. We couldn't get the pain under control. We didn't know what to do because we couldn't get him down the stairs. So we called 911 and they came and they worked on him. They gave him nitroglycerin and he felt better. 
But they said, we need to take you to the hospital because something very serious is going on in your body. They rushed him to the medical center. The doctor came in when he figured out what was going on from the CAT scan. He said, Mr. Blackard, I've got bad news for you. I cannot give you much hope because you have a bubble on your heart. And if that bubble moves, it will go directly to your brain and you will die instantly and there's nothing we can do. Johnny said, will you pray? He said, yes, we will. We prayed and asked God to touch my brother. And my brother had sent a, a uh, you've, those of you that have read the comments on, on Facebook, you know, he, he put a Facebook comment not too long ago, said, you know, brother, I've been watching the service and you're very inspirational to me. And I called the next day just to see if, if they, the family would answer his phone. And guess who answered the phone? Leslie Dean. Hey, Alvin, how you doing? I said, I'm doing great. How you doing? Well, I, they tell me that I guess I'm going to live. He said, for two days, he said, they stuck my head way below my heart so that it wouldn't turn loose. And they were going to put me over to Kansas University Hospital in that, uh, that uh, scuba diver's tank. But they had no beds over there. He said, they don't even have no beds here. He said, they've treated me in the emergency room uh, in the hallway. I said, well, we'll continue to pray for you. He said, I need it. Called him the next day, and he said, well, the doctor came in. I said, well, what did the doctor say? He said, the doctor came in, very perplexed, and said, Mr. Blackard, I've got to apologize to you. Because I didn't give you no hope, and I was telling you, you were going to die. You were, a, you were a, a dead man. I said, less. But God. Not because of your little brother. Not because of your intellectual sister-in-law. Not because of anything other than the power of Almighty God as we ask Him and He will be the one that does the work. And he said, well, the doctor apologized to me. And I said, well, what did he say? He said, well, he, was, uh, he apologized for scaring me and, and for, uh, you know, for um, telling me how I was going to die and there was no hope for me and everything. And, and I said, well, did you tell him what uh, your, your dad used to say? No, what was that? I said, well, architects, they plant a shrub or a tree to cover up their mistakes. And doctors bury theirs. So you made a mistake. Do what? So you must have made a mistake. He said, no, I didn't think about that. I said, well, it's better that you didn't. He said, they're going to give me one more CAT scan and I'm going to get to home, go home. I said, well, is that all the doctor said? He said, no. He said, I think I want to do a study on you, a case study on you, because I've never seen anything like this before. I said, Les, I hope you let him know that there were people praying for you. I hope you let him know that you serve a God that is bigger than all of medicine. I hope you give him the praise and the honor and the glory, amen, that it was Almighty God that brought you through to give you another opportunity to not only be inspired, amen. Les, day is your day. 
totally surrender unto the Lord. I know you love God. There's many of you out there that I know you love the Lord. But today is a brand new day. The first Sunday of 2021. What a great day, amen, to say, Lord, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I know you love the Lord, and I know that if you were to have died, I believe you'd have gone on to heaven because I know you love the Lord. Just make sure. Our theme, believe big in 21, receive big in 21. And at first, when I give this to the board and, and Sister Karen to put on the calendar, it's, it's give big. And the Lord has really kind of gotten on to me about those words. But we're going to change them. Believe big in 21, receive big in 21, and bless big in 21. Bless big in 21. I am determined that I'm going to be a man that blesses every chance I get. 